Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Moscow says that this isn't happening, that Russia's not doing this, that they're not killing people. Do you have a message for Vladimir Putin? Let Putin come here and look, she says. I have no future anymore. Nadia watched from her apartment as Russian jets dropped bombs on her neighborhood. The only thought I had was, I wish it would happen instantly, she told me. I don't want them to dig us out of the rubble. Yikes, that's lovely. Or an account from Ukraine. There are all sorts of updates on Ukraine, including the appointment of a new Russian general to oversee the whole thing. Uh, some more lethal aid from the West and all sorts of stuff. But let's uh, turn now to the co-host of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Jack Armstrong, joining us via phone. Hello, Jack. Hey, I'm in Tahoe. We're going to ski today. And it was supposed to be sunny and 60 for skiing on the last weekend of skiing. And it is 28 and snow to be hell. Wow. So, uh, I guess that's good, but uh, it's not exactly <laughs> what we were planning on. 
Anyway. Well, I was going to ask you how the skiings are. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I was at the Masters Golf Tournament, as you know, Saturday when we were there was so freaking cold. This is Augusta, Georgia in April. We had multiple layers on because, you know, we know how to read a weather forecast. We ended up going back to the swag shop. I'd already I'd already bought too much swag and I got a hoodie to incorporate with my two jackets and three shirts and the rest of it. It was shivering ass. Oh, my God, I think I'm going to die cold. Just crazy. Next day, it was 76. Anyway, back to Tahoe where it's snowing. Uh, yeah, and for both of us, uh, good setup to the realities of life of what's going on in Ukraine. You mentioned the, uh, the the appointment of the new general to oversee the whole thing. Same guy that was in charge in Syria. So that's a pretty good tell right there to announce to the world what you're planning to do. Uh, wow. And um, I was watching the news yesterday. ABC News had just some great coverage of this, but they were presenting it as like the battle of all battles that is about to begin, that we ain't seen nothing yet. And that's why NATO, as you mentioned, has ramped up the equipment that they're giving the Ukrainians. We're giving them some long-range weaponry that they hadn't had yet and some anti-aircraft stuff that they hadn't had yet because Russia's about to unleash holy hell. And, God, you know, the videos we've been watching for the last week, if that wasn't holy hell, what's holy hell going to look like? Right. I remember reading. I can't remember if it was Britain or or somebody or I remember it was kind of a funny country, but they were going to give the Ukrainians anti-ship missiles so they can start taking ships out there on the uh, the sea. Yeah, my main thing and, um, you know, we'll have to talk to smarter people about this. It seems like the opportunity for NATO to get drawn into this is is been ramped up quite a bit by what's coming this week. Um, and certainly giving more lethal, uh, you know, the, the fact that we're still drawing a line between NATO actually being involved in this war or not just seems, I don't know what the point of that is, but at least so far, I guess Russia doesn't consider itself at war with NATO. But um, the amount of weaponry that, that everybody is giving is, is has really gone up and. Um, they're going to just lay waste to these cities. You know, while you were at the Masters, they bombed that train station where thousands of people had gathered to try to get out of the country, and Putin knew exactly what he was doing, sending a missile right into that middle of that crowd of 4,000 people jammed together, mostly women and children, to get on trains and get the hell out of there. Because the Ukrainian government is telling them to get the hell out of there, uh, saying this is the biggest decision of your life get out of here and russia bombed those people where they were standing i mean just absolutely amazing yeah it's it's beyond repugnant and i just and and partly i say this because we read an email from somebody who was in military intelligence for many years about the actual strength of the russian forces and the rest of it and and also this guy believes very firmly that putin is absolutely rational he may be wrong about things but he's rational and there's no way he's going to use nuclear arms he points out that we killed a couple hundred russians in syria and the russian reaction was to deny that it happened for a very long time uh so this guy's point was uh, give the ukrainians what they need quit worrying about uh you know an anti-ship missile is fine but a plane is too right. much and and no, i you know i'm of the same agree with that feeling I absolutely agree with that. There's plenty of people in government, including Democratic senators, that agree with that. We have 
We have leaned way too far the other direction of not making him mad. How about a little more don't make us mad? I think we need a little more don't make. You better not make us mad. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, You know, uh, let me play you something real quickly, just because I I have a comment. This is uh, from Face the Nation yesterday, National Security. uh, uh, What the hell? What am I looking for? Advisor, uh, Jake Sullivan. Give us 35, Michael. We do have a direct responsibility. It's a responsibility to supply the Ukrainians with the tools they need to be able to defend their cities and push back against the Russians. And we have done that at unprecedented scope, scale, and speed. And it has had a profound effect. The victory in the battle for Kyiv, the liberation of cities and towns in Ukraine, the resistance of the Ukrainians against Russian advances in the east. They are, as I said before, chiefly about Ukrainian bravery and skill, but they would not be possible without the supply of weapons and the generosity of the American people and the leadership of President Biden in rallying the world. Okay. All right. Here's why I wanted to play that. I hate Jake Sullivan. I despise him. He makes my skin crawl. He makes me sick to my stomach. He is such a phony, lying, calculating. He he could not. He's like Hillary. He couldn't fake sincerity if De Niro coached him for six months. He's just an awful human being. He was at the heart of the Russian collusion hoax, by the way. And just, God, he's, he makes me sick just to see him and hear him. He uh, he does have and always has had that real academic sound about all of this. You know, even when he tries to sound compassionate, he just sounds like an academic making political calculations. And I agree, it is quite sickening. And we yeah, need I mean, to be... beyond a beyond an academic, he sounds like a robot. He sounds like he has yeah. no human feeling and he has no conscience. Yeah, it's weird. Every time I see him responding on some show to the latest atrocity. It it is ooky because he comes off as a guy who's incapable. He, he, he Hillary's a good example. He, he you get the sense that he thinks I'm supposed to sound compassionate here, so let's work on sounding compassionate. Unlike normal human beings who, having just watched the video of women and children being murdered, you know, wouldn't would would it would be there automatically. It's it's, it's weird. It is very weird. It's unfortunate that he's in charge during these times. Yeah, yeah. Do you see uh, any Bojo in Kiev? Yeah. Yeah, I loved that. I loved him walking the streets, striding around. Um, I don't know that that's going to, you know, it's good. That was a good thing. I'm happy about it. But uh, I don't know if it's going to help those people in the East who are about to just be decimated. Again, I just, how is it, how is NATO not going to get pulled into this as we're supplying more weapons in the giant, the giant battle? That wasn't the giant battle. The giant battle is about to start this week. Yeah, I obviously the the greatest danger of NATO being pulled in would be if the Russians decide to go after the supply lines pretty close to the the route there in the western part of Ukraine and and maybe a shell got a little far a little into Polish soil or something like that um or or just a a, a statement I don't see this coming but the only other possibility I see is that if uh if if NATO decides that the horrors are just too much, and hey, we're going to send some peacekeepers in. Uh, if you want to bomb us, then you're at war with NATO. A preemptive, uh, as you said, we're not afraid of you. You got to be afraid of us. Do you think there's any chance of that? I I think anything's possible this week. 
based on the news stories I was watching yesterday, as Russia is really announcing you ain't seen nothing yet, which is hard to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got another one or two of those miles-long military convoys that are just begging to be lit up from the air. It's so frustrating. And, and no, no angry emailing nuts. And we're not trying to drag U.S. troops into the war. But it's just so frustrating to see those sitting ducks there on the road ready to bring death and horror to civilians in a way that allegedly humanity is left behind. Ha, ha, ha. And, and there's nothing we can really do about it. Get them the stupid MiGs. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I know we're running late, <clears throat> but so watching the French election results yesterday with um, Le Pen doing so well against Macron, um, Western civilization continues to be unhappy with their democracies, as we've seen in so many examples. Trump, Brexit, Macron originally, now Le Pen doing what, so well. Um, at the same time, the, the world's authoritarian regimes, you got Russia doing what it's doing and China doing what it's doing. Got the videos coming out of there. Their biggest, wealthiest city where they're just treating people worse than animals. Well, if, you, if you've seen the videos of, where, of the way they're treating dogs and cats, which I don't suggest watching because they're horrific, but they're treating people the same way. Um, people aren't happy with the democracies. Take a look at the, uh, the, uh, the authoritarian regimes if you think that's a better way to go. Oh, yeah, I was just actually reading something about that, how China is clearly afraid of its citizenry and the idea that uh, the, the Xi Jinping and the Communist Party are firmly in control and all is well with them is just not true. Uh, but we'll see, because locking down Shanghai, although, Jack, you have to concede they've had zero deaths there, according to the Chinese authorities, not wow. even one. Well, yeah. Well, the, yeah. The, you got to at least count the people that have jumped out the windows of the buildings because I've seen the videos because they're starving to death. And so they're just jumping out the windows of their high-rise buildings. That's something. Yeah, Mike, do we have that? To, yeah, this is what it sounds like when the sun goes down in Shanghai. 17, Michael. This is people leaning out their windows and screaming for help and liberation. This goes on for hours. All right, that's that's enough. We got the idea. Yeah, wow, can you that imagine? Is, that is incredible. Twenty-eight million people, the wealthiest city and the second biggest economy in the world, and the people are starving to death because the government thinks they're helping them. Helping well, them how? Xi Jinping believes that he'll be blamed if his zero COVID thing doesn't work out and lots of people die. So, uh, number one, locking people down means they won't get the COVID, probably. And number two, locking people down means they won't see the thousands and thousands of bodies that are quickly and uh, uh, unceremoniously being disposed of as their zero COVID deaths continues. I don't know if you saw that uh, thread that I tweeted out yesterday with all the different videos, all the different angles, people jumping from buildings, the riot oh. when they're handing out foods, food, the, uh, the, the, but the way they're treating dogs and cats, which is just horrific. But it, it's so crazy that this is actually going on. Yeah, I'd say, wow, no, I did not see that. It's uh, at the Armstrong and Getty Show Twitter uh, account. We'll see if we can find a way to post it at armstrongandgetty.com so you can find it real quickly. Again, you know, grim, but uh, again, the idea that, oh, China's firmly in control and the people love Xi Jinping and blah, 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 unity, blah, blah, communism. Uh, not so much. And, and, and.
And I enjoyed taking in over the weekend all the people that were pointing out the journalists over the last two years who have constantly mentioned that the United States has had the worst outcome of any country in the world with COVID. China has handled it so much better. And we should. The number of journalists that tweeted out and, and, and did cable shows about that crap, it's unbelievable. Right, right. Uh, and they, they deserve our derision. Hey, we're totally out of time. Go uh, ski, have fun. You got some real freshies there on the slopes, as I once heard a skier say. Uh, so enjoy yourselves. Thanks for checking in. We'll talk later. Yeah. Yeah. Stay with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The sounds of Shanghai in China enduring the largest and harshest lockdown. Since the whole COVID thing began, just unbelievable. I checked out that Twitter thread Jack was talking about uh, in the last segment. Uh, Jack's off today, but he's checking in a couple of times via phone. Um, uh, Absolutely horrific. The number of people hurling themselves to their deaths because they're starving in despair. I don't know what. It's just it's astounding. An old friend of mine long-time uh, resident of the Bay Area of California, uh, whose politics have swung a bit left, uh, certainly compared to mine, uh, but a fine fellow, long-time friend. Um, at one point, he said, uh, when COVID first started, before anybody knew how bad it would be, he said, uh, we've been wondering who could beat Trump. It's not who, it's what. This is going to get rid of Trump. Um, and, you know, arguably it played a role. Uh, but this is not about Trump, this segment I wonder, is it even conceivable that COVID, which has only begun its brutal march through China, uh, could COVID be what ultimately weakens Xi Jinping's grip on power? Uh, to say to it's weakening the Communist Party's grip on power is probably asking too much. Their control is too complete. It's too widespread. Their surveillance state is effective enough that... Um, it would be an extremely difficult thing to dismantle. And then what takes its place? Um, and and, and uh, wargaming that strategy and, and how that would be effective is it's almost it's a one in a zillion shot. But anyway, um, the story out of China is so interesting now. Initially, Xi Jinping gave uh, uh, gave various cities, including uh, Shanghai, the right to deal with COVID a little more sensitively and differently than in the original super crazy lockdown, weld your door shut days. But then, you know, because of the Omicron's incredible contagiousness, it spread like crazy. And so they have reversed field. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was going to tell you the number of cases and deaths and stuff like that, but it's ridiculous. Even the Wall Street Journal, which is better than this, prints a bunch of numbers from the Chinese authorities 
And then they point out that, well, you know, granted, China's not exactly forthcoming with their numbers. No, here's the way it works in Chinese society. The government, whether it's Xi Jinping or somebody below him, tells Shanghai how many cases you've had this week. And they say, uh, yes, sir, that's how many cases we've had. And that's what they feed to the press. So these numbers are, are, are ludicrous. But Shanghai, 25 million people, is now in as severe a lockdown as has ever happened. Families are worried about running out of food. Parents desperately trying to avoid being separated from their infected children. All the pets are being snuffed. People literally starving. Riots in the streets. Fights with the cops. People being apprehended for posting stuff on social media. Wow. Wow. At the very least, this is uncomfortable for she and his cronies. Uh, if you miss a chunk of the show, grab the podcast later. It's available. Tom and Getty. Strong and Getty show. At the risk of getting too Beltway Insider wonky, there's a phenomenon that's becoming more and more clear. Your former Obama administration geeks are hitting the airwaves, hitting the talk shows, whatever, and making it clear that, hey, you know, the whole uh, Obama Biden administration thing, uh, Biden's an idiot. And we disown him, frankly. Um, They don't say it out loud, but you hear hints of it all the time. Because more and more Obama staffers are coming out and criticizing what's going on now. Good example of that, and then we'll move on to something I think you'll find really interesting. But um, this is Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation talking to Johnson. Johnson's the former uh, Homeland Security chief uh, talking about the current uh, unignorable mess at the southern border. When we hear from the administration that they could see as many as 18,000 migrants per day crossing that border, uh, it seems incredible. Senate Democrats have said the administration's not prepared. Do you think they are? Margaret, I'm told by DHS officials, the department I once ran, that uh, they are making preparations, that they are prepared, that there are resources, transportation in place for this this level of of migration on our southern border uh this is very without a doubt these are large numbers um dhs i believe uh has learned lessons from the past in surges in the past including when i was in office uh but still numbers at these level are um difficult to handle uh on the southern border communities on the southern border Catholic charities, that volunteers, mm-hmm. um, uh, difficult to absorb these types of numbers uh, under almost any scenario. It's challenging for the Border Patrol, for ICE, uh, to properly process and track these individuals. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Uh, I loved his offhand reference to their, their building uh, transportation systems. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who are you transporting and to where? Are you talking about busing people who sneak across the border or walk openly across the border just to whatever town they want to go to, then turning them loose and telling them, hey, if you want to turn up for a hearing in a couple of years, do it. If not, uh, good luck in America. It's just utterly outrageous. Unbelievable. But more and more people are noticing. And more and more even folks on the left, uh, Margaret Brennan making reference to Democratic senators, are saying openly, hey, this is this is not sustainable. This is not cool. 
Uh, you know, you've known that for a long time. We've known that for a long time. Been saying so out loud, but I think in a weird way, the awful crisis on the border is an example of a good trend. As more and more people are being honest about it, more more reasons for optimism coming up in a moment or two. It's part of a piece Jonah Goldberg wrote, and Jonah Jonah and I have a complex uh, relationship. Brilliant guy, often right. Writes with clarity and 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 some wisdom on a lot of topics important to conservatives and Americans in general. He's also part of that kind of salon of eggheads in D.C. that try to out intellectual each other. And at times, I don't know, I I find it a little tiring. Maybe it's, it's not my speed. I prefer a little more plain spoken political philosophy. But uh, he wrote a piece that I thought was terrific, and uh, and it starts like this. Well, it doesn't start like this. I'm skipping the first several pages of of blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I should put my cards on the table. Here's a a snapshot of the kind of America I'd like to see. I want to live in a country where most people don't think very much about the federal government or national politics. Amen to that. To the extent the federal government is involved in our daily lives, I'd like it to reject metaphors about it being our mother, our father, or our nanny. In fact, I'd prefer if people didn't look at the federal government metaphorically at all. But if they had to, maybe think of it as your neighbor. It'll chip in to help in a dire circumstance or an emergency. But its generosity and patience are not inexhaustible, at least not for people who can help themselves. Wow, that's good. Federal government isn't our mommy. It's our neighbor, kind of. You ought to be self-sufficient. But if things get really crazy, maybe they step in. They lend you a chainsaw. But oldsters shut in, the disabled, maybe neighbors can agree on a plan to help on a more permanent basis. Fair enough. I want to see a broadly tolerant country where minority rights are protected. I also want a country where majority values are respected. (gasps) What? What? Is he recognizing that the majority values of Americans came from the collected wisdom of generations of trial and error? of the most wonderful experiment in self-governance that's ever been seen on Earth? Could that be? Because I heard it was just white supremacy. I just heard it's just the misogynistic, uh, paternalistic, racist, anti-immigrant hatred of the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's it's a great set of principles that we're constantly refining but uh, ought to be respected. Thank you, Jonah. The only way to have that kind of country, by the way, is to have more federalism under which national minorities can live as local majorities. He doesn't mean racial. He just means in terms of their thinking. If, if, if Berkeley, California wants to be Berkeley, California, that's fine. They just shouldn't try to make, for instance, the rest of California into Berkeley or Lord help us the rest of America at the point of, you know, government guns and regulations. I want America to remain as the strongest country in the world and the leader of the free portions of it. And I'd like us to do what we can. We're prudent to see the free world expand. I want government at every level to recognize that spending and borrowing have natural limits. Oh, my. As for the culture, first thing I want is for everyone to lighten up and to remember that speech isn't violence and violence isn't speech. I want the people who think they're helping anyone but themselves by deliberately making people mad, insecure, or paranoid to find more fulfilling and socially beneficial vocations. I want to live in a country where we have differences, but we all love this country as it is, and we're not embarrassed to say so. Amen to that. 
For all sorts of reasons, from the instrumental and pragmatic to the principled and philosophic, I want religion to be respected and given room to flourish. One of the reasons I want it to flourish is I want middle-class values to be as universal as possible. Sure, there's always room for the occasional commune or bohemian couple on the third floor, blah, 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 playing music too loud, smoking pot, whatever. But what I mean by as universal as possible is I don't want, say, working hard and doing well at school to be seen as a white thing. None of the really important things in life, this is one of my favorite sentences in this, none of the really important things in life, fundamental principles, values, manners, etc., have a skin color or ethnicity to them. Moral values do not attach to identity politics because identity politics is ultimately about tribal power. So true. I was reading about the, uh, you know, you don't need to hear about another horrific war, but this one happens to be in Ethiopia where the various tribes are now slaughtering each other as fast as they can. Um, and it's all about tribal power. It's not about any of the stated principles. That's ridiculous. It's just about power, and that's what identity politics is these days. Could be talking about the millions of dollars that have disappeared, tens of millions, from Black Lives Matter, but that's for another day, another time. I want as many kids as possible brought up in uh, stable two-parent families where they're loved and taught the basic fundamentals of rules, not just of a free society, but of a good society and of personal success. Be polite, take people as you find them, work hard, delay gratification, be honest, Basically, all the best bits of the Protestant work ethic, organized religion, the success sequence, what your grandmother was supposed to tell you. I want this for white families and black ones, gay families and straight, in short, everyone. Now, the next thing he gets to is reasons for optimism. And some of them are things have gotten bad enough people are noticing, which is kind of a dark sort of optimism. But I don't know, it's darkest before the dawn. You have to diagnose a a medical problem before you can cure it, et cetera, et cetera. So that list, which I think you will find encouraging, right after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, beloved sponsor of the Armstrong and Getty Show, that wants you to know, we want you to know that U.S. News, PC Magazine, Popular Science have all ranked Simply Safe Home Security as the best home security you can get. It is so smart it's so high tech it's so modern gonna protect your whole home around the clock every door window and room all backed by the best 24 7 professional monitoring in the business ready to dispatch the uh, cops firefighters or emts whatever you need to your door uh, comprehensive set of sensors and cameras including the fabulous wireless outdoor security camera anybody that comes to your door you're gonna know about it they'll tell you on your phone Simply Safe is less than a buck a day. You can set it up in around 30 minutes. Always simple to use. Never a long-term contract. You can even try it for 60 days. If you don't like it, send it back free of charge. They're that confident in Simply Safe. Over a million homes in the U.S. alone, by the way, using Simply Safe, including ours. You can customize the perfect system for your home in a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. They're super nice people too. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Speaking of whom, I believe Jack will be rejoining us at some point today. He's uh, doing a little skiing trip with his son, which I think is fantastic. Uh, The boy has uh, this week off school. Uh, So uh, back to the Jonah Goldberg thing, specifically his list of reasons to be at least somewhat optimistic. And there's a thing. I'm sure you've noticed this. Maybe you haven't. In talk radio, conservative media uh, in general, 
uh, from kind of your more legit, better-known, solid conservative media to some of your wackadoodle websites. The way to get you to click is to emphasize how awful things are and how we're losing every battle, how the woke lunatics are winning every battle, and they are winning some, and you should be aware of it. This is not, you know, blowing sunshine up you, as the old saying goes. Um, it's an odd saying, but it's the way it goes. Uh but there are reasons for optimism. You know what? I'm looking at the clock. We'd have to rush like lunatics through this, or we could take a quick break and come back. Uh, it, it's, it's Seriously, it will cheer you on this Monday. Stay with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you can't stay tuned, just grab the podcast later at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So as promised, taking a look at this piece Jonah Goldberg uh, wrote recently, and uh, among his themes, he's uh, uh, hmm, a productive fellow when it comes to articles. He writes and he writes and he writes very long. But one of his themes is that there are a lot of things uh, that are, are reasons for optimism right now. A lot of things that might lead the country and the world in a better direction, uh, including some things that are trending in a bad way, but there's awareness growing. And, you know, I'm reminded of my own principle that societies generally veer from guardrail to guardrail um, and and never quite figure out when they're in the sweet spot. But a lot of things do go in cycles back and forth. And it's not always it seems like it's always going to go in one direction, but that's not true. Generally, sometimes it is, but but rarely. Anyway, uh, so here are some um there are some things to be optimistic about. Inflation is terrible, but it's done something the intellectuals and economists couldn't. It has conv- convinced sane Democrats and sane liberal wonks that the magical thinking of modern monetary theory uh, has natural limits. I love the use of the phrase, uh, let's just spend money like a pimp with a week to live. Anyway, this is a teaching moment conservatives can build on, particularly if they also acknowledge that Repul- Republicans have been big spenders too. Terrible big spenders. So people are waking up to not spending like lunatics. Globalism and capitalism may come to the right's rescue. I'd written about this, uh, the leaked Disney Zoom call. You remember where the lady said, I'm putting in queer culture wherever I can, and I love it, and everybody's just down with that. Um, It's freaked a lot of people out, and understandably so. Disney should not be the edgy tip of the spear of cultural change, particularly on issues that intersect with sexuality and children. I shouldn't have to explain this, but you know who might? Shareholders. And you know why? Because even if American audiences are okay with whatever stuff Disney's got planned to enlighten kids about transgenderism or whatever, and I would say, no, we're not. But some of the audiences, uh, foreign audiences outside of Europe will not be. Evangelical Christianity is blooming and Af- booming in Africa. China's in a moral panic about the sexual stuff. Um, there was a time when the right complained that capitalism and globalism were driving Hollywood to undermine American values. Well, those same forces might just turn out to be a backstop of those values. Interesting thought. Uh, then he says, 
The Democrats, at least the smart ones, are basically Ron Burgundy in the bear pit now. Boy, that's a reference. They've realized they've made some terrible decisions. They're poised for a massive, massive shellacking. And it's all because they listened to the loudest voices in their bunkers and bubbles and ignored people like, and he lists some uh, moderate Democrats, or at least moderately moderate Democrats. Even Nancy Pelosi thinks Democrats uh, lose... I'm sorry, even Nancy Pelosi thinks progressives have screwed the Democrats with minorities. And when the Democrats lose and get absolutely hammered, the more moderate voices in the party will be better respected. And I know some of you are thinking, well, that means Republicans won't win as many elections. Yeah, but the policy will be better. The woke lunatics won't be able to get anything done. The actual day-to-day tax and, and spend and... Uh, you know, uh, what's being financed at all. It's just, it'll be more moderate and more reasonable. On foreign policy, the loudest and crankiest people are sucking up a lot of oxygen. But in the meantime, a whole bunch of countries want to join NATO, arm Ukraine, topple Putin, throw Russia out of the UN, etc. It's heartbreaking that some important lessons and principles have to be relearned at Ukraine's expense, but it's good that they're being relearned. Right. Fat, lazy, non-spending on defense European countries, for instance, have suddenly realized, oh, right, 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 external threats. That's why NATO exists, and they're real. Uh, yeah, sorry, we'll come correct now. That's a good trend. Again, it's a shame it has to happen in this way. And then he references China. I get that China's a formidable challenge and threat, just like we thought Russia was 40-odd days ago. I'm not saying China's as much of a paper tiger as Russia, but they share some things in common. I love this. Both governments are afraid of their own people. Why does Russia lie about its COVID deaths, and why is China so draconian in its lockdowns? Well, one reason is that neither government thinks it can endure the embarrassment and anger a lot of people uh, of, of a lot of its own people dying. As I wrote last week, authoritarian governments can be strong, but they're also brittle. They lack the tools for self-renewal. They're aware of their own lack of legitimacy, which is why, and this is a great point, they have to borrow the language of democracy to justify their autocracy. There's stuff we can exploit there. It's such a good point. You never hear democratic governments borrowing the lingo of totalitarians. It's always the other way around. The the, the uh, uh, people's republic of, the democratic republic of, etc. We had elections. Look at me. I won 93% of the vote, says Putin, when the elections are all fixed. China goes through the charade of having elections, that sort of thing. Um, interesting. Anyway, uh, you get the point. I hope there are trends going in the right direction and there are trends going in the wrong, wrong direction, which illuminate the right direction. Despair is surrender. Hope may not be a plan, but it's an attitude that empowers you. Um, and he talks about the old story about, uh, the Christmas ponies. And do you see the ponies that are the manure? You should always watch out for the manure, but don't forget to look for the ponies. They're out there. I like that. I like that, not just in its tone, but I think the support, the supporting evidence is pretty good. Um, I've been doing this a long time. Jack's been doing it a long time. And I absolutely smell the sanity. Maybe it's like, you know, the first flowers in bloom and you just catch a whiff of them, but you know there are more coming. The best way to discredit progressive policies is to enact them. And in some cases, they've been utterly disastrous. Unfortunately, there's a hell of a lot of bad that's still going to happen in America's schools uh, before I think the masses of American parents recognize uh, how badly wrong it's gone. 
and we have some really compelling emails for you next hour from teachers about the situation in schools. Um, there will be a hell of a lot of kids indoctrinated in the various critical theory stuff. Uh, I'm afraid. I just I have a sense of it. It's like I can I can see the one thing washing. It's like waves on a beach washing up on the landscape, and then I see the other wave kind of coming to to shove it aside, but. The first wave is going to do a hell of a lot of damage, I think, before it can be corrected. I just, you know, I'm just trying to be realistic about it because so few people understand that what the the progressive, the woke crowd, the social justice crowd is trying to do is they're trying to drive a wedge between parents and children. They are trying to separate you from your kids by teaching your kids that you are racists, um, first of all. Um, and that the kids are bad. You are bad because of your race. That's, that's the first one they try. And then they say, let's see, how can you redeem yourself and be good? You can join us in our fight. You can declare yourself transgender or whatever. And then the, the wedge between the parent and child is truly driven in. And they're going to keep working on that for a while in public education. We'll keep fighting it. If you miss a chunk of the show, grab the podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.